are funny because you got the Trudeau guy who's I don't know about that guy but I, I love the whole conspiracy that he's like uh, Fidel Castro's love child yeah I mean that's great okay guys welcome back to the Gry America show uh, we are going to be chatting with Xavier Hayes a little bit later about some uh, bankster stuff, a lot of giant stuff, and all sorts of fun stuff. It's great chat. Uh, Xavier was great. You guys will enjoy that. And we're actually in the middle of our trip to Spokane, Washington, for the weekend. So we've got uh, Michael and James, friends of the show, are in the back seat, and uh, yeah, we're heading down to a cabin to meet Justin. Adam and Cyrus, who I think most of you probably remember as well. So that should be a fun little trip. We're about an hour away from the border, so we're going to try and get this intro recorded so we can stash all this gear so they don't ask us a million questions. Uh, but yeah, but first, as always, Graham and Dreddy Dunlop. Hey, buddy. Graham you're Dreddy. Not, you're not driving that fast this time. That's Graham Dreddy. Graham Dreddy is how we're going with. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not driving as fast this time. You're kind of. Well, I got four people in the car. Is that why? Are we just too it's heavy? An extra four, three hundred and seventy pounds or so. Plus, there's a hundred pounds of gear in the truck. Do you think it's? Uh, is it a weight thing? Do you notice it? Yeah, a little bit. Shouldn't that hold you down on the road more? Yeah. If it snows, we're laughing. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, we're just heading down to the week. For the weekend, we've got a cabin. We're going to uh, do some podcasting probably. we we'll do some recording. Uh, you guys probably heard the rumor that we're, I, have, we, I think we've talked about it enough, that we're working on another project. Uh, so we're meeting some of the guys from that. And we're we going are. to do some recording uh, probably for that project. And uh, yeah, probably have a good time. Graham will be our chaperone and the rest of us will probably have a couple of beers. Maybe a joint or two. Who knows? Designated oh. driver. Allegedly. Allegedly. It could be Graham designated driver Dunlop. Graham too. triple D Dunlop. Triple D. Triple D, D Dunlop. D Graham designated D. driver. Trip, Graham triple D. The designated driver. So yeah, it's a good little trip. We've got all our gear with us. It's about 100 pounds. Um, we need a mobile setup, we've decided. Yeah, we do. That'll be our next. Uh, you should our next fit, show the show the Periscope guys the setup we got going on here with your GoPro. Oh, it's fun. for those of you that are missing out. I'm sure you can go back to the Twitter feed and check out the GoPro feed later. So we got this, some mics, some toques, laptops, adapters, you name it. There's the back seat bandits, and there's Grambo. 
We're going to put you back yeah. on the road because it's just easier. Hey, you better wipe your wipers there for the people watching. Yeah, keep it nice and clean. So yeah. we are, uh, for those of you who don't know right now, I guess, are you saving this video as well? Well, I'll go, be able to get it off of this. I'll be able to get safe. the video. So I'll post this video to the uh, YouTube channel so that you guys can check it out. But right now we're cruising through the southern interior of BC. Yeah. Um, so what's new, buddy? Obviously, you're not going to have any listener stuff for us. Yeah. Well, the last time we played something, but I was connected through our sound system, right? Remember? Yeah, last time, yeah, we don't want to get into that now, I don't think. I don't have the jingles ready to go or anything like that. But I've had lots of listener feedback, and you know, but so next next show we'll do all that. Yeah. Maybe this show, this intro, we can hear more from James and Michael in the back. If, Michael's still reading his book back there. If if I had, uh, if my phone wasn't running the Periscope, actually, we'd probably be able to. Uh, to do what? I could at least do like a social media thing or something like that. That's okay. We'll do all that shit next week. I could sing you the jingle. There you go. Reveling ground with synchronicities. He's not. He's not going to remember any synchronicities. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I had guess- one, we had one today on the way up. We were talking about the secret space program, and then Major Tom came on. Did that come on? Didn't that come on your phone though? No, it came on the satellite radio. Oh, did it? Yeah, that's kind of a right when we secret. were right when we were talking about you know the secret space humans program? flying to different planets and stuff. So do you think that's because there is a secret space program or because there isn't? There is many of them. There's more many. than one. There's many, many? Yeah, many secret space programs. Yeah, plural? programs. <laughs> um, moving your head so much, Graham. I have the mic dialed really tight. I would have to agree to disagree. Well, get um, James to talk about it. James is all in on the secret space program too. So is Michael. You guys are all all in on the secret space program. Michael's into some crazy stuff, man. I like it. It's just far out. Some of that, really yeah. Some out. of that Corey good stuff can be a bit much. Um, it's complex. It is complex. So this is a good little trip. All our dongles are paying off. Uh, check out America.ca/support, guys. Uh, honestly, without our monthly subscribers, we wouldn't be able to afford these little gadgets and gizmos that allow us to live stream a podcast whilst driving through the mountains in Canada. You couldn't do that That's kind of pretty, shit. Look at the technology. Pretty yeah. soon we won't even need Graham to drive. You can just sit yeah, in the back. Exactly. Pretty, and then we'll, be, we'll all feel a little safer. We had that discussion. About, yeah, I still that. think yeah, I still think you guys are dreaming. I think there, a self-driving car will not be driving itself down this road in the next thirty years. It'll happen sooner than that. No, maybe if it's a test prototype so or something. Tr- but trucks have already done it, so why can't down cars? this road? Roads like it? No. Yep. I like well, this. What's the difference between the the road and the truck in this road? Just because it's in the There's mountains? There's not a million fucking cell towers everywhere to give enough GPS accuracy. That doesn't have to do with GPS. It's just the the sensors on the truck uh, knowing where the edge of the road is, isn't it? Didn't some guy's uh, Tesla just drive him underneath a transport truck while he was watching movies, trusting those cameras? No comment. Well, that'll happen. I mean, there's a lot of human accidents as well. So we'll just go podcasting into a tree because something glitched? The main thing is now just drive now while you can. Enjoy driving while you can. Yeah, I think it's farther off than that. I think there was a time a few years ago that I thought maybe my kids wouldn't end up driving, but I think they will now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe my grandkids won't drive. So yeah, check out grandamerica.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly and uh, yeah, help us keep doing fun shit like this. Spam Graham, spam your stories, synchros, all that fun stuff over to grandamerica.com. Uh, sign people up for the newsletter, grandamerica.ca slash news, all that fun stuff. Make a donation this weekend to help out the road trip fund. $5 donation gets you a signed autograph naked poster or gram from this weekend. I'll take some pics for you guys. You're taking pics of gram naked? Well, you said he was going to be naked this weekend. Well, I just said the only reason is, I came. Gram is real comfortable being naked. I. The first time that. I went out of town with him, it's just like, boom, we got in the hotel room, set my stuff down, I turn around, Graham's naked. <laughs> He's like, let's party. Pretty much. It's not that kind of party, Graham. No. But, I, I just felt like fair warning was in order. Look at all these deer. Did he have camouflage underwear on like the real Grambo? There's a lot of baby deer. No camo. I don't like the camo. I don't like the camo, man. You don't like what? Camo. Camouflage? It's not into camo underwear or I'm underwear not, I'm not a big at all, camo actually. guy either. I'm pretty into underwear, though. Underwear is pretty cool. So what's new with you guys in the back seat? Yeah, I'm in underwear. You got to eat the mic, Mike. Yeah, I'm in underwear. You're in underwear? Yeah, you were talking about underwear, right? I'm are, in underwear. Are you in underwear and into underwear? Uh, Yeah, I Sweet. guess. James, underwear, yes or no? I can't remember. Hang on, let me check. Hey, we got we got live video for this too. Yeah, um, I got underwear on today. I got something to say for that. They're finally making decent men's underwear. The problem is they're way too expensive. You don't have to wear the ladies' ones go anymore in and get now. Seven panties for five bucks or whatever, and we have to pay one one pair for forty bucks. Well, they you know, got to get least, us somehow because we don't buy as many for your balls now. You know why, right? Because women buy, their market is way bigger. They probably buy 500 pairs to our one. You know what I mean? So the, that's why ours are more expensive. Yeah, but wouldn't you have more if you could? I mean, would you want why? to worry about doing laundry? No, nah, it's just overrated. Like having enough clean ones to go? You should do a pull. Then when you do laundry, you just got to wash 500 pairs of underwear. That's okay. That's exactly. That's batching them, you know? I'd rather just do laundry every other day. I have two pairs. I only have two pairs. Yeah, that's all you need. Darren, Sometimes two one. pairs underwears. I got a day for today, a pair for today, a pair for tomorrow, then I'll rewear these ones on the way home. Flip them inside out. That's right. <laughs> bingo, bango. Bingo, so what do you guys think? We're, another, we're probably about 45 minutes from the border. This is a beautiful country. Yeah, we just saw like 10 deer. Yeah, I wasn't quick enough with the camera. It's just easier to keep the camera on the front than to try. Otherwise, it's just going to be a fucking jarbled mess. I think it'll be easier to watch the, uh, the thing. So I don't know if anyone's even listening. If you're listening, ask a question and maybe we can answer it. Since we don't have any of our screens in front of us to give you any, uh, any of the content. Um. Is this your first time going to a legal state, James? Uh, I've been to Washington a bunch, but not since the new law. Not to a dispensary yeah. yet? Yeah. Darren's, it's like going to Disneyland now. Yeah, well, since I went the first time, this will be my fourth trip back. Yeah. In like five months. In six months, yeah. yeah. It's, 
Oh, we've got some people saying amazing scenery. Yes, Southern BC is pretty. BC, I think, is probably like Banff and shit's probably like one of the spots in the world, right? Yeah. One For the, the American. Some of the best scenery. I, like, I think Japanese people too just love that shit. I wonder why. They probably it, have some really nice mountains and scenery. It's Yeah, it's just different, right? It's you know, like to me, Banff and this is just you take it for granted. I could see like somebody coming from the desert to see this would be like really amazed, but the Japanese people have a like, very similar when landscape. You, when you see mountains every day, you just kind of, I guess you lose the awe. Uh, it's looking cool. Like if we have time tomorrow, maybe we can rip out and show these guys a coolie. The what? No, 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 no. We're not going to have time to do any road trips from like the hour. from the cabin. No, but I mean, we have one day. Yeah, one day in the cabin. We just spend the whole day in the cabin. Well, we have to go to the hydro store too. Oh I'm yeah, going for a hike, but I'm hike. not going to go for another I'm hour not drive going for a hike. No. Mike, join me. On that. Yeah, I think it'd be good to get out of the car for a few minutes since it's eight hours each way. You guys are going squatching. Last time me and Grandma, the first time Grandma and I went down there, we didn't even get out of the car. We drove to Spokane, drove another two hours out to Moses Lake, drove another two hours north, and then drove back to Spokane another two hours. So I think that first day we were in the car like 17 or 18 hours. That's okay, though. Graham, do you believe in Sasquatch? I believe something's out there. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Yeah. You can't ignore all the thousands of uh, testimonies. As long as you've got supplies, I don't mind the car. It's when you don't have supplies. Like this dry, the dry run kind of sucks. Speaking of which, we should stop and stash soon. We'll talk to Justin. He was allegedly. He was near uh, those those footprints in the snow from a big uh, Sasquatch. He was going to go out. He lives close to Sasquatch territory, and he's a big fan. So we'll talk to Justin. But yeah, maybe we'll go for a hike, knock on some trees, eh, Michael? You guys are going to go knock on trees? Bring yeah. the GoPro if you do that. Oh, yeah. You got to film yourself knocking on a tree. Um, no, you're not taking my GoPro to get eaten by a fucking Sasquatch. Well, it'll be the end. Yeah, we'll, I need a $500 we'll deposit. We'll get them to bring Graham's phone, too, so they can live stream it so we can find it. Oh, perfect. Great idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, help yourself, boys. You don't have to worry about Sasquatch eating anything. Oh, I don't think this is our first day on Periscope. We, we Periscoped once like six months ago. But yeah, we don't do it very often. 200th. Yeah, the 200th episode we periscoped. And I mean, honestly, we've been humming and hawing about as we get uh, more subscribers and support and things like that. I mean, one day if we have a real budget, we definitely look at entertaining. I mean, it'd be nice to be able to sync up video and stuff like that. It's just right now we can't afford to hire anyone and it's just too much work and too much gear and too much time, too much time. That's the other one. We need an intern. I'm not getting paid for this. You're not getting paid for this. You're getting paid in uh, hearts. People, These little hearts keep popping up on the screen. You can have those. Oh, thanks, guys. You're welcome. Hmm. How's it going, Michael? Good, good. What so are you looking forward to do here this weekend? I don't know. Just get to meet everybody. Michael is our resident American. Yep. From the States. So is it, when was the last time you were home? Was the call when you went for the... Uh, August. Was that the dragonfly incident? Yeah. Are you, do you think they're going to drone you again? I sure hope so. That would be kind of cool. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of surveillance on the, on the cabin. <laughs> if not, they should get that going then. This the, is the still cabin a, in uh, Idaho that we're going to? 
Like, yeah, there you go. Idaho. Um, actually, this is, we don't even know that we'll get over the border yet. We, we technically haven't been over since the inauguration. But we're all pretty, we're all pretty white. Yeah. Oh, now Darren <laughs> says he's white. <laughs> or Indian. Indian's okay. I'm a Canadian. We're okay. No, I don't foresee any problems. We've never had a problem. Knock on wood. There's no wood in here. There's no wood trim in this fancy car? We need to stop and knock on a tree. Knock on a tree? Well, yeah. I think that uh, this this napkin used to be a tree. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that napkin was a tree. So, yeah. We're entering the Idaho border for you American people. Going to see Idaho. What 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 should we see as we drive by there? Why don't you send us a little Periscope info? I don't know how many Idahovians are in the Periscope right now. There's a hippie store right near the border. Yeah, there's a hippie store. But we'll probably just hit that on the way back. The hippie store is pretty cool. I popped in there every time. So if our buddy remembers me now. Really? Eh? Yeah. Does he listen to the show yet? He seemed I never pretty asked on that. Yeah, he said he was going to, but I never asked him last time. I actually, there's a hotel I want to pop into in Bonner's Ferry because I left, uh, we forgot Lisa's like $100 pillow there. <laughs> and I'm still going to have it? Well, the last time I talked to him, she was going to hang on to it. But that was quite some time ago. What makes a pillow 100 bucks? It's made out of bamboo. Even still. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> Isn't bamboo like the cheapest wood to buy? Is it? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, how do you make? You have to make it soft and shit. I don't want a hard bamboo pillow. I don't know. Good pillows are up to four hundred dollars. So you're lucky, man. It was only a hundred. Word up. Have you been buying some expensive pillows lately, Michael? Oh, our beds and pillows. Our beds are all wool. So no metal at all. You shouldn't have springs. You shouldn't sleep on springs. They're really bad for you. So get rid of your box spring. Well, your body needs the earth to rest for eight hours a day. And so while you're sleeping, you should be getting a, you should only have wood and wool between you and the earth. Well, metal's there, but it's like you're sitting on an antenna, basically. And then the mattresses, the typical mattresses that everyone has are not good for you either. They hold all sorts of mites and stuff. And wool is the way to go because it's a natural antibacterial, antimicrobial. Yeah. So a wool bed is like $2,000 because it's like seven inches packed of wool. Is that like super hot? Is it itchy? No, actually, in the summertime, it's very cool. Wool is cooling as well as it is warming. I know that sounds. Yeah, bamboo is the bamboo next best. Yeah, that's like uh, not everyone can have wool. That's like not fleeces are like that too, people. right? We can is make more sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> more sheep. Just bring up the sheep. Population. Can I just get? What if I just buy a sheep and I just save the wool? Too bad you can't shear the sheeple. Okay, <laughs> how come sheep is plural and singular? They're not sheeps. Well, that's like moose. They're not meese. Or fish. Well, f- oh, yeah. What about turtle? 
Turtles is a plural. Turtles. What do you call a flock of turtles? What is that? A herd? I think it's probably a school. A A what? I don't know. Usually I have the internet to look for these things. A clutch. It's a murder of turtles. It's a murder of crows. How far are we from the border, Michael? Oh, I don't know if my map works here, but we should probably stop. We should stop soon before the surveillance starts. I feel like underpowered with everybody else and their big phones. I just have the little normal one. Little oh yeah. Mine's normal. Just has a case. Oh. You got a big case to make up for your small phone? Sure. <laughs> I got a big case to make up for my broken phones. <laughs> Well, you you guys both have plus. Phone yeah, mine's plus? a plus. Yeah, that's too much for me, man. That's too much phone. It's well, if you got to carry it around everywhere you're going all the time, it is too much for sure. But if you've only got one device, no laptop, no computer, nothing else, no iPad, I think it's the way to go. But oh yeah, that's true. So I I'm basically carrying my iPad Mini Mini around. Hard to one hand that thing though, that big what plus. You know, like you get, you get used to it. I, I played he, bass for a while, so I really I've been one handing big shit since I was a boy, so there you go. <laughs> you don't need Listen more than this a guy. <laughs> Is that what she tells you? She must love you. So how far were we from the border, Michael? I don't know, forty five minutes maybe. Okay, not a lot not soon enough to be too worried about it. Are you going to vote for us, Michael, when we get there? Um, no. Should we, uh-uh. should, we should I'm, throw Michael in the trunk. I'm going to ask me to, I'm going to ask them to tell me the backgrounds of all three of you, actually. <laughs> oh, you guys do that? Well, yeah, they're looking you up for everything that's there. I'll just be like, hey, so I don't really know these guys. Do you mind telling me is like axe murderer or psychopath in any of their charts? Maybe we'll get them to check outside before we get there, just in case he's like Dexter or something. Hey, James, do you have charges? Charges? Yeah. Char- like phone chargers? Like uh, criminal. Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. What? Why? Because what, I did think you do that's something that you want to talk about? Right away. They ask you right away if you have any charges. Oh. That's a good spot. That was a good spot you drove past. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duke's a hazard. Then you so got to find now, then? I don't know. Look for the next, like, landmark. We, we drove past the lake. Oh. You're driving. How are you not paying attention? You should notice the lake. There was no signs for the lake. It, it was a giant lake. We were beside it for 10 minutes. I didn't see the lake either, Graham. Yeah, but you're in the back seat. I don't expect you to be watching the road. I expect Graham to be watching the road and notice these things. While he's podcasting. While he's podcasting, while he's driving, while he's live streaming. Is it podcasting when you're live streaming? It's like radio. I'm a really good knee driver, though. You guys know that, right? I can drive with no hands. There you go. Can you get sued for that, for saying that? Sued? Probably not. I don't know. Canada. That's illegal to drive with no hands. Should I flip the camera around and bust them? Graham is allegedly driving with no hands while podcasting. Allegedly. So, uh, 
Are you going to pull over soon? Yeah. What's the new news? Anything new happen we could talk about? No? Sure. I don't watch TV. You know, I've kind of gotten tired of paying attention. You know, I think the whole, that's what they really wanted was everybody paying attention. And then the Trump thing for the last year and a half has been so outrageous. Yeah, that's a great spot. That was a great spot. You just point at him and keep driving. That's yeah. okay, though. And uh, <laughs> we're looking for a place to go pee right now. Yeah. So real bad but it has to be some place we can pointing it out no, we have to it has to, to be some place we recognize because we want to keep pee. saying all that we want to pee in the exact same spot on the way home that's right it's very important so we have to be accessible by both lanes as well that's right and somewhat memorable <laughs> drop a pin oh that's a good call <laughs> yeah so you know, the whole Trump thing for the past two years, now we're just burned out on it. Like, I I'm kind of there, even, too. I, I think a lot of people are. I've a just lot of people had are enough just burned of paying out attention. It, which I think is part of the plan. Because if you burn out on it, then you're not going to pay attention, right? And they can get away with even more shit. But. Well, that's our job, I guess. and uh, Well, not our job, but somebody's job to keep their finger on the pulse of what these motherfuckers are up to. Yeah, we just need more of us so that the tag team of it can you know, be an efficient process rather than dropping the ball. So, yeah. Is there any questions on the Periscope there? If there is, I can't see them. Why don't one oh. of your Periscopers uh, put up a question? Going live like all the way to Idaho. Well, There's a lot of guns in Idaho. I we'll heard. probably shut down the live before the, quite a, quite a bit before the border. This is not a good one. I don't like this. I don't like the, the mics and everything at the border, it just seems to uh, it seems to invite questions that I don't feel like answering. Well, we're not going to like do this while we're going through. Be like, hey, no. officer, would you like to say hi to everybody? It's live. I, yeah, that would be kind Crossing of funny. the border live. I, somehow I don't think they would take that well. Maybe. Yeah. We'll give them that. They can stream, watch it later. Sure. Yeah. If so we were all go. American, I'd so then, say sure. If we were, wait, explain that. Well, I just think they're, I just don't like to give them any reason to say, nah, we don't feel like letting you guys in today. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to that, that dude. If he don't want you there, you're not getting in. It's true. Oh, I know. So I don't need him thinking I'm a dork right off the bat. And don't say anything. Just we got, smile. We got Graham for that. Graham, you should put on your glasses when we cross. Get the sketchy-looking Indian guy out of the front seat. <laughs> Racism. That wasn't... I I didn't mean it like that. But you are kind of sketchy-looking. Whether you're whatever color you were. White, black, green, purple. Still look kind of sketchy. Beige. You're kind of a beige color. I'm a, I'm a white brown, whitish brown. Yeah, well tanned. I can fit in anywhere. Yes. Then we'll have another two hours. Fuck. I'm starting to get sick of being in the car. Okay, we're going to stop. Let's All right, let's go for a pee break. Okay, well, uh, well, we might as well wrap this shit up then, eh? 
thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, enjoy the chat with Xavier. Uh, maybe we'll drop some bonus apps over the weekend. We'll see what happens. But enjoy the chat with Xavier. It was a good one. Thanks for tuning in. And yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. Enjoy. got Xavier Hayes here. We tried to connect a little a few months ago. Well, that's a good thing we waited because he's got a couple new books out since we last tried. Yeah, we'd rather talk about giants and banking anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's been uh, researching uh, ancient manuscripts and history and stuff. He's got a few books out like the suppressed history of uh, American banking and uh, lost history of ancient America. There's a bunch of stuff like that and the pyramids and he's got the latest well, a couple of his latest ones, Ancient Giants of the Americas, Suppressed Evidence in the History, the Hidden History of a Lost Race. And he's also got one about um, some current event politics, that kind of stuff. So uh, welcome to the show, Xavier. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're going to try to stay away from the <laughs> politics. So we want to talk yeah, about yeah. giants, man. We've been, we've been we wanting do, to do, do a... Let me let me give you a backstory on that one real quick. It's just Trump's kind of a giant. A bunch, I got offered a bunch of money to write about him. And, Did you? And yeah, and basically I couldn't kind of I didn't want to write the trashy, you know, like why women hate him or whatever. Like you know, so I, I was like, I felt the more important story was something else, and I basically uh, the publisher didn't like that, so they didn't <laughs> they didn't pay me. No way. <laughs> so I did. Yeah, yeah, because I did it before I I, I got the contract signed. You know, I thought we were, I thought we were on the same place and I, I was in the zone. I just, I wrote it so fast, literally I wrote it so fast and I kind of turned it in. They're like, um, that's not what we were expecting. Yeah, but <laughs> I was like, ah. But all your research gives co- quite a bit of context to the, to what's going on right now. Right. I mean, you've been writing about, of course. about, yeah, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all this, I mean, uh, I'm ahead of the curve long time. So, I, so I, I don't feel too bad, you know, money. You know, I could have used the money, but you know, it's it's not the end of the world. But it just sucks that we we're in that environment right now, which is ridiculous. You know, so you uh, had to go publish it on your own then. Yeah, I just self-published it. I didn't want to bother with you know, yeah. running around because I did. I just put it out, whatever ebook. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's there. Well, I guess we should mention the title. And <laughs> it's I, probably I got its own whole little own secret, <laughs> own little underground following. Then it seems like those books are doing. There's you know those books you knew doing well. I know Cernovich had some luck. Yeah, I mean, it. There's definitely a, a market for that. And I think it's a wave. Um, hopefully, more people should be awake and hip to it. Uh, 
I, I would I would love that, you know. But it's it's there for people who are like minded. They'll come across it. And it's cheap, yeah. so it's yeah. good. So I'm gonna just say the title: there. the Donald Trump conspiracy. How a billionaire businessman changed the new or challenged the new world order. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's good. I mean, that's why I didn't feel too bad because I, I knew I wrote. I, was, I knew what I wrote was good, and I knew like I, I agreed with it, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I mean, because that's really, if you kind of boil it down, that's kind of what what got him elected. It was that sort of uh, outsider, him against globalism. You know, like you never hear anyone talk about any of that. And this guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, big threat to the new world order, which is. Uh, uh, but I think that's what's good about. about it is because when the USA can do it, it kind of, you know, puts a little hair on the chest to some other people. The problem is like, you know, half the world have to do it before Canada actually gets any balls, but <laughs> yeah, we're uh, cool. <laughs> hopefully that gets well, I, something I love, rolling. You guys are funny. Cause you got the Trudeau guy who's, I don't know about that guy, but I, I love the whole conspiracy that he's like uh, Fidel Castro's love child. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a great. One. He looks like it too. So Have you seen those pictures of him beside the yeah, beside yeah. each other? Oh, yeah. looks just like him. Yeah, he's well, such a douchebag. Well, his mom was down there apparently too, so you never know. I'm sure you know he was dictator supreme. He had whatever he wanted. <laughs> so. That's right. So how'd you get into? How long have you been interested in giants? Then I know you have a chapter of of about giants in your uh, history of American banking that I was reading a few months back. Um, for quite a while, I I've always been into this sort of, you know, the ancient aliens, uh, lost cultures, Atlantis, right, you know, right. Uh, but I think the giants I came across. I mean, we're all kind of familiar with the especially in our childhoods, because most of us in the West are raised kind of with a Christian background. So we're kind of familiar with uh, David and Goliath mm -hmm. um, and sort of tales. So I think uh, besides that, I was hanging out uh, in the Theosophical Library. Uh, and I was talking to one of the old hippies there. And, he, you know, he was, he was telling me about Prince Matic, uh, you know, pre-Columbian voyages, uh, you know, uh, to the Americas. And he started mentioning about how there were redheaded giants uh, who were cannibals. So I thought it was kind of, you know, interesting. I never really heard about pre-Columbian visitations and uh, redheaded giants. And he suggested I go read a book called uh, America BC by Barry Fell. Who was a heart, like a uh, lingologist and eth ethnologist. And very, like, very incredible. He was able, able to uh, re retrace the language of the Algonquin Indians uh, back to like ancient uh, Egyptian, like same kind of words and syllabuses. And he showed how like the Phoenicians were here. Uh, he brought it, he brought to light a lot of the pre-Columbian visitations. He was basically shut down like Velikovsky was, you know, yeah, yeah. high scholars who challenged the status quo and basically uh, had their careers destroyed. Uh, so, so I checked a few of those things out and then I, I went to uh, talk to the, uh, the Indians there, the Puyallup in the tribe, the Puyallup tribe, because uh, uh, I have family that's connected with you know with them, so we could get on the reservation and you know, ask questions. Uh, so I kind of found out that it wasn't really a big deal, you know. And supposedly there's even some ancient giants buried in some of the reservations, like they know, but they'll never they'll never disturb them or, or allow them, you know, to to be disturbed or they don't even really talk about it. a lot of the young ones that really don't even know. You have to kind of find 
you know, those that are older and have kind of preserved that oral tradition. Uh, so, you know, upon learning that, I kind of thought, well, what if, you know, what did Lewis and Clark see actually kind of come across on their journey west? So that, you know, those thoughts kind of led to uh, my first book, you know, and I was able to write about giants and things like that. and. And just from there, just kind of blossomed into continuing to research and read about it. And it became actually more popular, like after I wrote about it. So that was kind of cool to, you know, to see how, see how it is now, you know, it's, you know, Jim Vieira's show and everything. It's a, it's a popular thing. So I think there's a, to be able to write about it and to, Put it out there and research it and let's talk about something that's really cool and interesting i mean who the hell really talks about this you know when you mention it people are like what, what? yeah Giants, what <laughs> yeah i feel like about five years ago i maybe even last like four years ago i just started hearing about giants and and I, I was still sort of new to me and i was like really is there that much there and then over the last two years it's getting really popular it seems like it's um yeah one of the up and coming up and coming kind of mysteries, you know, that people are finding all this evidence for, and it's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's one of the final final frontiers, so to speak, of 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 putting this piece together, this puzzle together of all these all these forbidden pieces, you know. And you have the forbidden archaeology aspect of it, out of place artifacts, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. ruins. You have all this, and they all kind of they're all little individual pieces that. Kind of tell this story when you put it together, which is, yeah. and, and it's, it's the thing we all have to, you know, be prepared to, to talk about. And, and, you know, you have to, want, the, the problem is like society is constructed so that, you know, you wake up, go to work, you know, you have like literally you're, you're, you spend half your life at work, a few hours with your family, and then, you know, kind of go to bed and repeat it up, do it over and over and over again. So there's no time to really ponder. Uh, or to investigate these sort of philosophies, and because you're not going to get on the mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky that we have ancient aliens. You know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, you talk about all these little pieces, and the weird the thing I find weird is that even some of these little pieces are acknowledged by the mainstream. Like, let's say the hobbits, right? Like being an actual species or whatever, or um, the Gobekli Tepe being like eleven thousand years old or however old. You know, there, there's there's some acceptance there, but they don't put all the pieces together. You know, it's just kind of shoved aside. It's like they're not really debunking that, but they don't really use it in the new model of what the paradigm should be. Right. I mean, and and they put it out so it's you know a little bit out, let you know that yeah, there could possibly be civilizations that old, big deal. But then and then this really never talks about again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and. And then do they have the nerve to say that, oh, Gobekli Tepe is, you know, 10,000 years old or whatever, but still want to maintain that slaves built the pyramids, you know, 5,000 yeah. years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, hello, come on, you know. That's like, kind of what I'm getting at. Exactly. They don't, they don't put those little pieces into the larger context. Mm, exactly. It's a way for people to die. The old guard to die? I don't know. It's probably deeper than that, though. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> well, it's it's... There is the old guard, but I mean, the new guard is basically to meet the old, the new boss, same as old boss, right? So it's <laughs> maybe the old there's a boss lot. To die. There's a lot going on. 
Yeah. So then where did you go after, after, <clears throat> after that sort of, because we talked about the Giants getting, you know, more and more of a popular topic. Did you start finding a whole bunch of evidence that you didn't expect to find then? Yeah, well, I thought, you know, I did. I read over um, Dewhurst's book. Uh, yeah. You know, and Vera, humans, all this, you know. Uh, so I kind of was up on it, but I was able to put together and find, you know, what they might have missed. And and also focus more on the first person accounts, you know, which is the coolest part of these these sort of tales. Yeah. Uh, and and basically put it together to the point where you know I, I I was able to have the Americas covered, you know, Canada, North America, South America, Mexico, all that. Uh, and then and then I have another book coming out probably maybe maybe this fall that covers the giants, the Middle East, and everything else. So I literally. Went down that rabbit hole and basically f- compiled and uh, researched and put together everything I could. Uh, you know, so we'll have a good, clear picture of it. And you know, there's also new discoveries that I'm, I'm involved in uh, that might might get some physical evidence. Because you know, this is here's the problem: is we always you know, where's the bones? You know, which <laughs> which I you know I understand. I get it. It's cool. You know, I feel the same way. You know, but um. Uh, you know, there's so many accounts that you could read where they ended it by, you know, sending the bones to the Smithsonian <laughs> or the Smithsonian came and, you know, took the bones or whatever, and they were never heard from again. So, uh, so we have that aspect to look, look forward to, you know, and then when you actually do find something, who's to say that it will, won't get suppressed like all the rest. So, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm pretty confident we're, that we we're onto something. Uh, uh, some giants in the tombs that you know, high in the mountains that we might be able to pull out and see uh, if it's actually real, legit yeah. or not. Yeah. So the, I wonder if they're not like uh, pre Younger Dryas, you know, like something before the uh, before yeah, the well, great cataclysm, I, cataclysm or whatever the fuck. Fucked us up like after the ice age, whatever 15,000 years ago, whatever yeah. happened there. You know, before that, there was some giants flying shit around, or whatever. And then maybe like, there was some leftovers, and that, that's how they were able to get killed because there wasn't a lot left over. So they started eating the fucking people. Well, it, it would be good to find some, you know, free flood giants. That would be awesome. They would be bigger. Uh, I would assume you'll find more after the flood giants because you got to remember, you know, when, uh, and this is what's interesting about. The Native American myths, you know, we have in the Bible, it pretty much says uh, the giants were the results of or the watchers or whoever, this alien sort of race that was gen- genetic, genetic engineering, right? And they created this race of uh, giants. Is it Nephilim? And Nephilim, right. So, you know, so you have Nephilim causing destruction and being wicked and doing whatever. And, <laughs> and the gods, you know, quote unquote, were... Uh, Basically, we're like, oh, we got to get rid of these assholes, you know, like, so, so they destroyed him with the flood, but not all of them were destroyed, of course, because half the Bible is about killing giants. Uh, so there were some of them. I don't think they probably were as tall, of course. So we have, you know, some of them remained and, and how many so remained, we don't know. Um, I'm sure they spread north and probably dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. But the f- interesting thing is, is that, you know, Tall people survived after the flood because in the myths of the Native Americans, 
there is a lot of, of myths talking about a redheaded cannibalistic race of giants that were causing destruction, eating children, you know, and uh, they were destroyed by the great spirit for being wicked. And this is literally is pretty much the same thing uh, that we find in the biblical narratives and other ancient cultures, you know, the, the flood that destroyed these, these giants. So it's very interesting. We have this, uh, huh. so this is the world away. Yeah. I was just going to say, so I was going to ask you, is it, is it global then you figure it goes past the middle East as well? Is there like an Asian, I mean. Asian part of it as well? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. There's the, the Asian giants. You have, uh, um, you know, basically uh, Asian you would be an Asian giant. <laughs> <laughs> the Asian mythology is pretty much in the dragon coming down with the golden egg and everything. It's kind of the same things, you know. Uh, uh, you have, and I think they even found some. Uh, that's another book, of course, but I think there was, because, you know, you have you, the, the pyramids in China, which are pretty much kept secret, but there's also uh, an area where they have pipes and plumbing, ancient uh, ancient pipes. And uh, it's really crazy. I can't figure this out. But in that area, they found uh, redheaded giants, really tall, uh, totally um, nothing to do with Chinese. So, you know, and, and same with Egypt. You know, I mean, ancient Egypt has fascinating history of giants and mythology of giants. And you can see a lot of their hieroglyphics on basically the pharaohs always depicted as giants. But much, you know, much more so than just like, oh, it's because they're ego or whatever. Like, they're literally trying to depict them as giants. And you have the, I don't know if you're familiar with the mummified Egyptian finger that, uh, that, was, that was found. It was in the 80s, uh, a nightclub owner, Giorgio Spori. Uh, he was down there uh, and he met some Bedouins who took him, you know, out to show him this ancient mummified giant finger that was about, I guess 13 inches long. So, so they estimated the guy, whoever it belonged to, had it been 12, 12 you know, at least 12 feet. Uh, and he took pictures of it and everything, and it's documented. And you can see it. It's on the internet. It's really incredible. Uh, but he wasn't able to to get any more information or find the Bedouins again to let them know where this, where the rest of the body was. You know, um, and you got to remember, like 90, almost. 90 to 80 percent of Egypt still under underneath the sand, so who knows what's really down there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then there's a lot of good cases in in the states, right, with these mounds. Oh yeah, when they westward expansion, uh, they're coming, in, you know, to the Ohio mounds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they basically, you know, some of the earliest Smithsonian books and Smithsonian uh, excavations were opening mounds and finding giant skeletons. Uh, you know, they also found copper armor, large copper armor, huge swords and copper axes. And crazy, crazy things uh, have wow. been discovered in these mounds. Um, but again, a lot of times, you know, you'll, you'll read, you'll read, a, read a report and it'll be, you know, 10-foot skeleton, giant skull, and this and that. And uh, Smithsonian came to check it out or they send it off to be studied or whatever. And it's just, that's it. You know, you never hear from these things again. So I think a lot of stuff ended up in private collections as well. And a lot of stuff is just kept away, hidden away, you know, back, uh, you know, they, they might have the, 
they might do the TV show where the you know the guy with the beard and he's like, oh, trust me because I'm a PhD and I run the basement at the Smithsonian. And you know, <laughs> if there was giant skulls, we would know it. So, so yeah, like it's kind of and you know, and to be fair, you can't really say for sure that everyone knows as well. I mean, there's probably a lot of dudes who aren't informed anyways. Yeah, it's probably right? departmentalized. I mean, it's probably uh, like everything else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it is hard to ignore all those. Like, it's just like a lot of these other mysteries. Like, well, there's so much, so much of this evidence pointing towards the Smithsonian. It's hard to ignore all these different cases. If it was just one isolated incident, then, oh, yeah, whatever. But Yeah, you know. there's, there's tons of them. My, my, my personal favorite is the legend of Paxton Hayes. Uh, and Paxton Hayes was like a herbologist who studied snakes. He was in Sonora, right? Kind of where I am, near uh, a little south of Phoenix, I guess nice. in the Yuma area. So he was looking for rare snakes, and he met the Indian guides, and they told him about, you know, uh, a lost city of, of white giants. Uh, you know, and he's like, cool, go check it out. And he went up there, and, and you can see these ancient cliff type dwellings, and, uh, found a bunch of mummified giants, <laughs> blonde-headed giants. And they're about, I guess, nine feet, nine to ten feet. Mm. Uh, you know? And the, the particular thing was they had some, one of them had a robe. Uh, it was, the robe was decorated with you know, ornate uh, designs and everything. And very strange, you know, like uh, that that would survive. So you have giants and I guess they're about that spa life, you know. <laughs> so, so he, you know, he amazing discovery. It was, you know, all, it was like in the forties. You know, it was in the paper. He took, he took the robe and he he did the tour with it. You know, and he on his way to the Smithsonian. He goes to the Smithsonian and you know he's all excited. He shows him the robe. There's pictures of it, you know, and a big big conference press conference or whatever. And you know they were basically like, okay. You know, we're going to, because he said he had, there's some more other places he needed to investigate as well. So they were all excited and they were going to work together and this and that. And he left Smithsonian, but he left the robe with them because they were going to do some tests on it. And you know what happened next? He never saw that robe again. Uh, he was never able to do any other sort of excavations or fundings or anything else. And they basically cut him off and called him crazy. And, uh, Never really heard from him again, and we're trying to figure out what happened to, uh, and where exactly was this, uh, were these ruins located that he found these giants, and what what kind of happened to them? So, um, but that's an incredible story that uh, has been lost to history. Yeah, and it really wasn't that long ago. I mean, only in the forties. Forties, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Hmm. Now, is there is there also these double rows of teeth that that they're apparently finding in there? Well, you know, that's a tricky one because uh, there just isn't enough physical evidence, um, you know, for them to say that it's not some sort of dentist. I guess there's just a guy, Andy White, who's like some paleontologist or whatever. He tries to debunk all this, you know, this giant stuff. But his, you know, his um, his musings on this sort of double rows of teeth is kind of interesting. Uh, it's possible that. There might be something to it, but we don't know. We don't know enough about it, and there's not enough real cases to for us to really kind of take it serious. I would, I would 
honestly, to, to, so to speak. But what we do have is the, the six-fingered, six-toe giant. It's far more interesting. You know, um, unfortunately, we don't really have any so physical skeletons of this, but the fact that this is, again, you know, uh, David and Goliath. Goliath has six fingers and six toes. Um, uh, all over in the Bible, they talk about the six-finger, six-toe giants. It's like a sort of separate little species of giants. So we never hear about the double-robed teeth giants, but we do in history come across the six-finger, six-toe giants. And there's actually petroglyph images uh, all the way from, I think, here in Arizona to Brazil uh, with six-finger, six-hand uh, imprints. So. And we do have, you know, the crazy thing is, too, we also have some footprints, like some kind of, you know, maybe some people don't believe it, but there are instances where, you know, the, that footprint, footprint in South Africa on the side of the cliff is pretty, pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, there's footprints in Brazil. There's um, footprints in Andara Temple in Syria, a uh, giant temple, uh, in Ale uh, which is Aleppo, basically. So it's, who knows if it's been destroyed or not. Uh, you you find a lot of times, you know, giants or ancient aliens, you know, happen to be in this part of the world where there's wars. And yeah. All the stupid. So we can't really investigate. I think it's kind of done on purpose as well, uh, you know, to keep you away from there and as an excuse to destroy history. And when we look at, okay, here's, here's, here's an interesting one, you know, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh. Most ancient poem. One of the oldest poems uh, in the world, basically. And Gilgamesh was a giant. <laughs> you know, and, and this is Sumerian. This is uh, Iraq, right? So this epic tale of, you know, him and his him, him and his adventures, right? And before the Iraq invasion, German archaeologists announced he had discovered the tomb of Gilgamesh. Hmm. So guess what happened next? <laughs> you got um, shot. Yeah, the, the military came in and the invasion, and he wasn't allowed. He hasn't been allowed to return. Yeah, wow. no idea what happened. And, I've and spoken Gilgamesh him, you know. is the one who—he's the one who wrote a lot of that. Is he the one who wrote the Enoch books? No, he was before. You no, know, well, I mean, Gilgamesh basically—I don't think he, if he wrote it. But that's he, the original flood myth, is that? Exactly the Epic of Gilgamesh. That's the the, the clay tablets that has the the Afinishnu, I think it was the, 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 the like the Iraqi Noah, the Sumerian Noah. Yeah, so yeah, the original flood myths. All of that <laughs> is in there, and uh, Gilgamesh is a huge part of that story, that tale. So to have his tomb, I think it's a pretty big deal, you know. Didn't they? Didn't they um, trash that museum too when they went in there, or, or not trash yes, it, but it confiscated? I mean, didn't they go right it. there? First place they went. Boom. Like, see, isn't that like weird? Them. Like, oh, yeah, because you know you have same with something else, dude. Didn't some other shit Stop. when we first went into Iraq? Yeah, that's what we're talking about, the museum in Iraq. Take another bong hit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Both times, though, right? Both times. Originally. Oh, oh, that, oh you're talking about, like, Desert Storm 90s. or something like that? Yeah. Didn't they fucking no, go after some museums old. then, too? It was and now did, isn't ISIS going after more museums? They're basically destroying everything. Uh, and they're CIA, I, I probably. Oh, yeah, they're definitely Mossad, CIA. I mean, there, there was no such thing as, like, radical Islam before, <laughs> before any, basically even before, like, 10, 15 years ago. I mean, it's literally all CIA, Mossad nonsense. You know, it makes you wonder if that slowly they just crept that, that just to America, they just slowly crept that into your subconscious so that they could fucking hammer you with it in the year 2000. 
2001. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 I mean, dude, the whole thing with, you know, the project of a new American century and, and announcing, uh, you can read the reports. I mean, it's literally, how funny is it that these, the seven countries, uh, you know, the, the Trump ban, yeah. which is really the Obama ban, but I mean, those were the same countries that General Wesley Clark is talking about. We need to, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We can get it cracking over here. So the whole thing is a fraud. I mean, it's. I've been watching a lot of Ron Wyatt uh, archaeological, like biblical videos. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No, I don't think so. Oh man, Ron Wyatt is a very interesting fellow. He claims to have discovered like the Ark of Covenant, you know, and you know Sodom and Gomorrah and a bunch of these biblical things. And there's, it's very interesting. Is it uh, in Ethiopia? Well, no, he claims, you know, that one, there's, there's that one, which is in Ethiopia, which is like, if that's true, why would you send a commando unit in there? And just, <laughs> like, like, why haven't they done that? What were those skinny little like Rastafarian like monks going to do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so that's, that story is interesting, but you, you know, there's people think it's an Oak Island or whatever. Like, it, uh, um, you know, some people still think it's in Israel. According to Ron Wyatt, he, he found it, uh, in one of the caves, uh, in Israel, where supposedly also it was where the crucifixion site was, well, and, you know, and and they have the the Red Sea where you kind of like the Exodus, uh, where they trace it and they went diving. You could looks like they found like chariot wheels and stuff. It's it's all very interesting stuff, but you know, it's so Christian, you got to kind of, you know, but you know, got to take it with a grain of salt, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But the but the cool thing is you're watching these videos from the 70s and he did this in the maybe late 70s early 80s and you know you're seeing real cool footage early footage of Israel Palestine all that whole area and uh, you know it looked relatively like normal and safe you know compared to how I would feel or how you would feel to go there now yeah man I I was in Israel for a couple months in 1990 and uh, traveled around Egypt for a month as well. And yeah, I mean, it was still, you know, kind of a military, like Israel was, you know, you weren't really supposed to hitchhike and we did anyways. And there was people, you know, there was military people all over the place, like Israelis. I'm not talking about Americans, but uh, it was so safe then. And I thought, I thought we thought it was going to be safer and safer and safer as time goes on. And that we were at the, you know, we were at the sort of the bad part at the time. Now when I look back, yeah, you know, you're safer back then. Yeah. 26 years later it's ridiculous ain't that crazy yeah it's disappointing you know we should be going exactly. the other way you know exactly you know and i want to go check all those areas and stuff and it's like man we can't can't do anything <laughs> i mean it's who would have thought the bronx would be safer than you know half the world right now yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> So putting all oh, this, giants. oh, putting all this like religious stuff aside, like what are what are some of the theories about um, what like what the giants are, or who they are, or are they just is there a whole bunch of different races of giants? Do you think if we were to totally speculate, like does Sasquatch have anything to do with it? Are those the ones that were left over that were like basically the sole survivors that had to scoot to the woods to to stay alive? Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, it just fascinates me. Is it something to do with, like, do, do we have some blood, like Denisovian or something that's partly exactly. used to be giant, you know? Yep, that's 
you're hitting on it, my man. There's there's more than one giant species. Um, there's a few of them, and uh, the book I talk about, I kind of opened the book with with that in general, like talking about what we're discovering now. I mean, the Denisovians and the and the Nanothals had a mystery partner, you know. So there's <laughs> there's the you know they're trying to they want to admit it, but they can't. So they kind of. <laughs> Play around with words and make it slip and slide around. But yeah, I mean, so are they leaving the giant giants out of the equation? You know, so we have uh, we're, we're finding bones that are older and older and older. I mean, they're finding stuff in Ethiopia, two million, three million. They're finding the like you talk about the hobbits. Uh, so we have Tolkien, who you know, basically was the head head librarian of Oxford, reading, got to read all of the really? manuscripts. Yeah, he was I, the man. That's, that's oh, where he, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's where he came up with all this. You know, he was he was reading the ancient histories, which is the true history, by the way. Uh, so all that kind of fused into his creation of this Lord of the Rings, which is a lot of truth in it. And the other uh, thing is, so much was built on that. Like he he pretty much created that whole fantasy world that all the other fantasies are are built on. Like just the the dwarves, the elves, and the hobbits, and the giants, and all that. I mean, it's pretty much. How it's been Silken ever since, man. yeah, ever since yeah. he did that. Yeah. It's him, and he basically, a lot of that was written in therapeutically because, you know, dealing with the war, and his, I think his son died in the First World War or something, so. Uh, I think he was in know, the First of, World lot, War. Yeah, he was in there, he's right. So there's a lot of a lot of heavy-duty stuff going on uh, in, in, in Lord of the Rings. And then, you know, to me, you got, you got Lord of the Rings, then you got Dune, you know, so you have... Uh, mind-blowing Dune, which is like right now, it's incredible. Like you read Starship Troopers, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> like all these sci-fi dudes, like they really were, uh, they were in tune, man. And uh, now we're, it's beyond 1984, unfortunately, now it's uh, scary. Orwell's rolling in his grave. <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like it's getting dystopian. It should be going the other way around. Yeah, it's... You know, I, we knew the game plan, and we know what they're steering steering us towards. Uh, I, they weren't expecting on the awakening. I think the awakening happened faster, and it just they weren't expecting that. Uh, so I, I believe we have, you know, we got a chance with Trump in there. I mean, there's there's things going on that's definitely put monkey wrenches and put, uh, you know, halted a lot of things. I think. I mean, the internet in, gen, in, in general is is Part of that, um, yeah. We're pretty, yeah, I mean, we could all thank our lucky stars that the internet exists because it, it would be totally different without that, uh, you know. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, there is more hope than than not. I mean, uh, I do say that as this, you know, it should be going the other way, but there is a you can look at it the other way as well. That that really there is an awakening and there is a chance that you know we will go that way, more of a peaceful way. I feel yeah, like I, I so. feel like over the last couple of years things are just breaking wide open. Like people are really people. I'm seeing people switch that used to be like skeptical of all this stuff, or um, now they're like, you know, you can't believe anything you hear. They don't. Everything you know that we've been told is a lie. Like it, more and more people are reaching that conclusion that you know the mainstream media is just That's a complete joke. It's it's big fraud. Yeah, exactly. and thank Trump for like helping to expose that. You know. I love how he elevated CNN news, CNN to fake news to very fake news. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty freaking funny. awesome. Yeah, so awesome. 
Yeah, and they still don't get it. And they still don't get it. They're all upset, and they don't don't even understand. Like, why don't you stop lying and exaggerating? Exactly. Have some real news, man. It's real journalism. You know, I mean, well, I mean, you see how how popular how popular honest conversations are. Like, let's say Rogan and and Alex Jones. I mean, that was fabulous. That's reaching that's reaching way more people than the mainstream now. And it's it's you know they're for the most part they're honest conversations. Mark Dice is, uh, he's, you know, he has some good stuff. Uh, so, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, we're fortunate to have a lot of information and access to information and alternative voices and alternative information, independent media like your show. Uh, we're very lucky and very fortunate. They're trying to take this all away. Uh, no doubt if everybody got in, we'd be all screwed. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I think, think right they're, now they're shutting that down. We just gotta ride. The wave. Yeah, yeah, they they're gonna try, but they, they won't be they won't be successful. But we're we're gonna they have to ride the wave, man. I think right now we're in such change. The world is going through such change, such uncertainty, and such. Look what's going on in Europe. You know, I've been to Italy. I was in Italy before the when there was the lira. Living was good, man. You know, the shopping was good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been. So, you know, and now you got the euro and everything else, and uh, you know, unless you want to live good, you gotta go to Mexico. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, people, you know, people are sick of these unelected bureaucrats and these bankers who basically controlled them and destroyed their lives uh, and destroyed everything in their market and their economies, and you know, they're all rejecting it. You know, Brexit, uh, Italy's next, um, Germany. They're they're all sick of it. I've been in Germany. I, I was there. Man, uh, again, I was there when there was the Deutschmark, and I remember when they implemented the euro. And Germany was great. There was always a, a huge Turkish population, and I was always trying to figure out how I could give me a Turkish girlfriend. You know, uh, it was uh, impossible, very difficult, but, you know, and you go to the Mannheim, little Turkish ghetto, and get some hash or whatever. I mean, it was cool. There was no problem. You don't have to worry about getting bombed or whatever. It was fine. Uh, now you have this land invasion and multiculturalism, right? And this, this this sort of refugee sort of it's new world order tactics, you know. No no open the open the the wall, the boundaries and you no know, borders and and now after they, they they put it in there, rammed it in there and everyone's sick of it. It basically destroyed Europe. Uh so they're rejecting it in record numbers. And it's hilarious how Trump's mentioned something that didn't even really happen yet. And they go back bash shit crazy and now it's happening. So he's but it's already been happening. He's just kind of exposing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's troll he's a master troll, bro. He's gonna say something, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, and then they're like they're gonna be forced to have to admit it. It's freaking amazing. It's just incredible. Next so, level trolling. Next next level. Oh yeah, like you watch South Park. I mean <laughs> it was hilarious. Like they, they have you know, he was in where was it, Denmark or wherever he went to. <laughs> uh uh you guys watch South Park? No, I, I don't really. No, Darren, do you? I mean, I... I don't have cable. No. Yeah. <clears throat> so how about... I used to watch that shit back in the day. It's brilliant, man. It never lost its edge. You know, if you download it on the BitTorrent or whatever, like, uh, it's it's definitely worth watching. It's one of the only shows worth watching. I mean, there's very few, uh, very few things left, to watch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's mostly garbage. So half it's propaganda, of course, written by the CIA. You know, so... Yeah, I think you know, I Trey Parker and Matt Stone always seem kind of uncompromisable. You know what I mean? I thought I heard something recently about one of their shows being compromised. They they went too far with uh, something political lately. Did you hear anything about that? Nah, I mean they they've not really. I mean they 
are out there basically on the edge with everything. They, I think they had to change some things when Trump won. Of course, they weren't expecting that, but no, nah, they're they're kind of been always the same. I mean, they're the ones who are trying to draw Muhammad. Remember? <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean they they, they don't give a shit. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean apparently that well, that couldn't air or something, or somebody took it down, or I don't know. Hmm. They couldn't air it. They had to put like had to blur it out or whatever they did. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Crazy, right? Crazy when you can't even get away with that. Yeah. In America. In America. Yeah, so, man. Oof. How much? How much of the? How much of this is uh, is banking? Like, how much of this is? Because I, I always used to, for the last few years, I, I keep coming back to the, the 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 common denominator and the sort of the highest level of this. To me, seems like it's the the central banks controlling the nations and the you know the debt based economy and all that stuff. I mean, how much of that is driven by that? Especially with all your research into suppressed history of banking. That is it. That's the root. The, the Rothschild conspiracy, you know, whatever, call what you want, but that's that's the absolute truth. The central banking system, you know, it's not federal, of course. It's it's basically European, private. Yeah. Child English, you know. So it's 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 the problem with globalization, the problem with the new world order, the problem with the Illuminati, the problem with, you know, secret secret meetings controlling your life and assholes you never met gathering to uh, who knows what they're actually doing at those parties, but gathering to dictate how we're gonna they're gonna control you know, us. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. You know, it's totally disgusting, man. And, and you know, I didn't vote for that. You know. No, well, I think. Yeah, no, I want to stay away from the politics, but it yeah. seems like that's well. This is banking. Yeah, so. that seems to be what uh, what you almost see the battle of right now is that that banking pushback against things like the Brexit. Because I don't know, man. I'm I'm half convinced the Brexit ain't happening. They're trying to stall it, but uh, hopefully it, it will. I mean, they'll figure out how to, you know, stretch it and delay it as long as they can. Of course, um, you know. Here, here's here's the deal. Like in 1913. Oh, I was going to ask you this question, so you're probably going to answer it. Yeah, I, I think so. In 1913, you know, you had this the, the secret meetings at Jekyll Island. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the real, the real thing, and some people don't even know this: is uh, all of the people, all of the bankers, the good bankers, you know, the, the ones who were opposed uh, to this, you know, this sort of strategy, this sort of, because it goes back to the foundation of our country, you yeah, know, yeah. not having central banking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, so all the bankers who were opposed to this, you know, they all got a first-class ticket on the Titanic. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Oh man, it's heavy. I heard some. I heard something about it, but I didn't realize it was directly related to uh, the Jekyll Island. Yeah, so all those dudes. Same year, man. All those dudes who didn't, who who weren't going to sign it. Wow, that's they, crazy, eh, Darren. It's crazy. The very crazy. Titanic hit an iceberg on purpose. Well, it just happened to be all these bankers that no, weren't part yeah, of. Yeah, no, I've like, heard a couple. <clears throat> A couple different I mean, takes on the Titanic yeah, being I don't, I don't know how they did it, but I mean, yeah. they definitely had to have, uh, whether it was a missile or probably didn't have missiles back then or however they were doing it, iceberg steering it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Sabotage or they, something. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Who knows? Like fire bombs, dynamite. I don't know. Like, uh, it's just too, 
you know, I don't really believe in coincidences. So, you know, and then yeah. you have the whole, like, there's so many scams with the Titanic. I mean, it was, I think the White Star Liner anyway. It's like they switched it in an insurance scam in the first place. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, that whole thing is, is well, the complete. thing, like we were kind of talking about before, or I can't remember if it was before we came on air or not. But about how the the uprising of uh, alternative media like this, and and guys like Rogan and No Agenda and Alex Jones were doing, you know, uh, unbelievable numbers. Unbelievable, uh, I mean, more yeah. people listen to Alex Jones than live in fucking Canada. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what's what's your point about that? Well, just think in nineteen twelve how easy it is to fucking scam oh, yeah. you. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, like we, like, like the seventies seems to be that line where you can start catching people on their shit. That's when you kind of started to catch the Iran Contras. Was that seventies, seventies, eighties? Well, that's when you have the, you know, I think the seventies when, you know, it was, they started exposing Project Mockingbird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, even you go back to World War Two, man. It's whatever the fuck they want to tell you, straight yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite like that anymore. There's a little bit, a little bit easier to follow up, and it seems like it. Fact check, and well, <laughs> there is, there is, there is mean, supposed to be a new website, eh? Snopes for snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the scary thing is, like, they've had this control for so long of the narrative on the mainstream media because it's all written by, it's all been controlled anyway since the beginning, always. And so to see them freak out, you know, when they got their card pulled, you know, to say like, oh, it's un-American, like, you know, like they're all so butthurt that they can, <laughs> that they're getting exposed for being complete frauds. Like, why is Brian Williams talking about fake news? Like when you're like, literally been fired for fake news. So uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and um, you know, let's be real with it. You know, talking head. You know, or a journalist, you know, what's, what's, yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. So is it true that you guys weren't paying taxes, income tax back then at night in the early 1900s? Oh, I was about to mention that there was no such thing as any of that. And basically up until fifties, I guess, or 40, I mean, there was no taxes for anything. Literally it was, uh, yeah. I mean, that's all relatively new scams. Now there's a fucking tax and fee for everything. Excuse my language, but it's unbelievable. You got to have a permit for this, permit for that. Uh, you know, you get a want to add a bathroom or whatever to your house. Like, like oh. you literally have to report everything. Now. Well, we just got hit with the carbon tax up here in Canada. So, you know, what? you got to oh, yeah. breathe without paying tax. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that'll be proven to be a big lie as well. Like give it, give it five, 10 years and that carbon oh. tax better go away. Cause it'll be like, Oh, we're actually going into a fucking deep freeze instead of global warming or whatever the case is. It's just not carbon be. credits. Yeah. I mean, we get carbon credits. That's, that's <laughs> what the true meaning of carbon credits will be. Give me all my taxes back. Mm. This is already proven. It's a big fraud. That's, that's literally using to, to tax you. And I didn't even know they got away. They're getting away with it in Canada. It's really, we know they, they had Obama was getting away with, uh, you know, mandatory this mandatory healthcare, right? Everyone thought it was free, but it's not. And then they put a tax they put a tax on it where you gotta pay like twenty five hundred if you don't have insurance. You have to have insurance. If you don't pay if you don't, they're gonna fine you twenty five hundred dollars. Like what? Uh but thankfully Trump, you know, he said no, nope, done with that. So uh 
But yeah, man, they're they're sneaky. It's all about money. All about money, man. You know, everything is about money. Getting your car, you have to have your driver's license. You got to have your insurance. You know, you know the cop pulls you over. He's all about money because his whole job is to get money. I mean, they they don't solve crime. He doesn't do anything. He's collecting money. Uh, you know, you go. You got some weed on you. Oh, huh? you know money. <laughs> That's money. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. all about. Money. It's it's, uh, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Huh. So what what are you working on uh, next besides the other giant books and all, and especially with uh, this sort of current event uh, paradigm and the political stuff? Are you working on any deeper stuff with that? Well, you know, I had the, another giant's book coming out that I have waiting to hear back from one of the publishers about. I have some more ancient alien things, but I'm not, I don't know if it's already been played out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know what, you know, if there's anything new, a couple new things I want to go into. There might be, but, you know, to get a whole other book out of it, we'll see what happens with that. But honestly, I'm kind of in, in where I'm at right now. I mean, I want to finish some novels, man. I really yeah. want to get into some novel writing, get some some of that done. I, I've, you know, I got about 12 nonfiction works done, so it's time to hit the novel writing and then I have some other projects, film projects and stuff like that getting into as well. So I so what kind of busy. What kind of ancient alien type uh what what kind of bent on, on that? Something new? Can you t- can you give us a little sneak peek? Well I can, but there's nothing I mean I wrote about a- aliens in ancient Egypt already. Yeah. And so I did that and you know I kinda wanted to compile some of the Biblical stuff, some of, some of the ancient aliens in the Bible stuff, maybe some of the Quran things. Um, kind of put that together and then maybe go into some of the WikiLeaks things and uh, you know, take a look at maybe some of them, some other sort of secret space program stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some of Europa. So there, I think there is an area. I think there. I can get enough. Um, but to, it's tile, just, to tile that together, yeah. Yeah, it's tied together. But the thing is, like, you have... You know, all the time, the space feed getting cut off, you know, in, in the space stations. Uh, you know, you'll see a couple of UFOs shoot, skirt by, and then whoop, they cut it off. And this is happening pretty much a couple times a month now uh, from, the U, from the ESA, from NASA. Um, so it's happening. Uh, so maybe it might be kind of interesting to look at, you know, what China's doing with India. You know, they're all trying to get up to the moon. And you know, what's on the moon? And will they be <laughs> able to reveal anything? Or will they be trapped? Will they be, like, shut out to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, so there's interesting things going on uh, in space and, and mining, you know, mining the moon and mining space and getting to Mars. And, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the fake Mars landing. You know, that's going to be the next big uh, Spielberg directed uh, <laughs> psyop, you know, going to Mars. You know, it's completely filmed in uh, Culver City for sure. Yeah, man, there's the question if, if somebody's already been there. I mean, there's somebody flying around in these fucking high-tech UFOs for decades now. You know, that it's not just all ETs. I mean, I think that there's a, the secret space program is alive and well, and somebody's flying around. Of course. I mean, we. I think 70% is actual us, you know, secret technology, yeah. secret space program, the TR-83 with the triangle, black triangles. You have, uh, dude, if you put on the night vision goggles and come out here hang out with me up in the mountains. You can, you'll see them flying around all the time. You know, I did a, a post about superstition mountains and 
you know, even <laughs> the FOAI uh, released a document talking about, you know, there was supposedly some underground bases around here, many of the aliens and uh, all kinds of weird stuff, you know, that's been revealed with the Tonto Park system. So you have uh, a lot of, you know, secret technology, secret space programs, what's going on, on Mars, like, is it actually, do they actually have the ability to wormhole travel, you know? Are they going there now? Have they been going there since the 80s, uh, like Project Pegasus and things like this, you know? Uh, and what's the truth? I mean, I know, like, on the surface and what has been revealed to us, I don't think we're getting there with rockets. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, the problem is, is so much secrecy, so much DARPA. DARPA is the real government. DARPA runs it. So, you know, what do they actually know? got our cool iphones but you know what do they got yeah so what what about your projects in film what are, what are those going to be about oh man I, well i'm not sure if i could speak about some of them but i, I would love to do <laughs> you know i want to do like feature films and stuff I, I i don't know if you know who errol flynn is he was an actor and yeah golden age of hollywood i've been developing a biography on him for a minute now we're trying to get orlando bloom uh to play him but you know when you do with hollywood it's it's not about you know you obviously have to write something good but it's all about raising money you could get any movie made and you get any actor you want um but you got to have the money and, and uh raising the money is is the hard part but there's some other projects we're involved in that you know might bring some more money to the table, but you know we're doing some documentaries. Uh, we're we're shooting some stuff for a history history channel, um, like some treasure hunting stuff. You know, can't really go to get into it too much, but uh, you know, fun yeah, stuff, nice. history stuff. You know, giant stuff. I was just going to ask you: Do you think there's any mounds out there that haven't been fully dug up and explored? Like, is there a chance that people are going to actually find something and be able to televise it or? Or, you There's know. no mound. There's no mounds, but I could give you a little bit. Uh, give you a little story here, without revealing too much, yeah. without getting in trouble. Uh, okay, so there was a Jesuit priest by the name of Bernardo Mittendorf, uh, and it's in the 1700s. And basically, he was in this uh, in the Arizona, Mexico area, uh, and he befriended some some Apaches who. Uh, he Christianized them, and they led them to an ancient gold mine. They allowed him to gold mine this gold mine, as Jesuits, for a period of years. Now, they also showed him a, a, a one of their holy sites, a sacred ancient uh, ancient secret holy site that you know, not too many people got to visit. Uh, and it was high in, high in the caves, and supposedly, you know, might might have been uh, one of the entrances to El Dorado or you know, one of these type of things. Mm -hmm. But uh, but when he got in the cave, the entrance to this cave system, he was shown uh, two giant mummified tombs, like two two giants that were mummified in these these massive tombs. Uh, and you know they had these huge swords. Like huge uh, like equipment like armor and stuff, and, uh, all kinds of ancient statues. Basically, you know, lost 
a lost world type of things. And Mendorf, being the Christian that he was, thought it was worse than the devil. So he, you know, he destroyed things. He was like freaking out. Uh, he couldn't believe it. And so they ran him out of there. Uh, basically, he wasn't he wasn't able to he wasn't allowed to return. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and basically he wasn't able to return. Some other stuff happened. I can't talk about. But about a hundred and see about seventeen. Mendorf saw this in about the 1750s. So I, I would assume, I think, it's, uh, about 1850s, about 100 years later, there was a, a journalist uh, named Andrew Pauly. And he was investigating, came down to this area, this Arizona and Mexico area, uh, investigating um, some of the lost uh, legend of lost treasure. And you know, he went into the mountains looking for this, just kind of by himself with his horse. And uh, he was, he, while, while finding a spring for his horse to get some water, he noticed uh, a cave system, an ancient cave. And he went up in there and he went into this ancient cave system. And he described the same thing that Mittendorf had described 100, 100 years earlier. Exact same thing. And he wrote about it and described it. And he was very excited. And he was like, you know, I'm going back and you know, we're going to check it out. Because he, he, he even described more. He actually talked about how he went more into the cave and was able to peer, peer into what it looked like, you know, walls of gold, like a hallway of golden hallway. Uh, so he was thinking, you know, he had found like uh, the seven cities of gold or whatever. Cibola. So he was excited. He wrote this and he was like, I'm going back. And, you know, that was the last we ever heard from him. So we don't know what happened to him, if he died on his way there, if he died inside the cave or whatever. Um, but, you know, two very interesting stories that you know, back each other up. Hmm. Is that his story apart. Von Daniken stole, maybe? Didn't Von Daniken have a story in one of his books about rolling around some caves, too? No, nah, not that one. Uh, he had a story. Uh, his cave was in... The Grand Canyon? No, that's a different one. I'll tell you that one. There's <laughs> Bogdanakin was the goal of the gods about uh, Father Crespi's uh, supposedly f- the cave in Ecuador where they, they had found that's right. some yeah, that's ancient right. metallic books and all that. That's total fraud, complete hoax. Uh, Father Crespi, same thing. It's complete, you know, with the dinosaurs and the stones and all this. It's complete nonsense, completely fake. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and Vadonikin was outed. He's been outed in a few things, but he's also pointing out a lot of things as well. And, yeah. and a lot yeah. of it is, and a lot of it is on the, you know, you're writing, you're there, you're you're investigating, you're writing books. You know, it's no big deal, man. It's just how it is. You know, at least it comes clean, comes yeah. clean with it. But uh, the other amazing, you know, tale of is the Grand Canyon. Uh, the Smithsonian supposedly. Uh, sent to investigate the discovery of a lost city in the Grand Canyon yeah, like, yeah. that had Egyptian artifacts and, and all this. And uh, supposedly, uh, you know, they wrote about it. I mean, there was an article talking about the Smithsonian was going to check out this, you know, this lost city, but there was only one article and there was no follow-ups. Uh, we don't know anything else about it. Uh, it's interesting that there are Egyptian names, you know, within the these, some areas of the Grand Canyons, right? Uh, and according to Jay Widener, uh, you know, he told me that he he went down there looking for it, and he actually entered the cave, but he got like hit with some sort of, you know, headache machine or something. He got really sick, and they had to wow. they had to leave. 
So uh, that was his experience. So who knows? I mean, maybe if there is, maybe there is. Go back there with a helmet on. Maybe so, yeah, something, you know, I want to go. Maybe, uh, maybe I won't get sick. You, know? you got to watch even uh, in those caves for, uh, like, gas and shit, right? From yeah. The, from the inner earth, like? No, yes. like, if you walk up, like, when I worked underground, you go up the wrong ladder. If there's no you know, ventilation ain't proper, you just... You pass yeah, out not before you even to, know yeah, There's not supposed to be oxygen and shit down there, right? So you got to watch certain heavier gases might be in different areas or whatever. Hmm. So how does how does the, the all this copper mining that they found? I, I remember hearing stories about um, the the sheer amount of copper mines, and and does that tie into the giants at all? Yeah, I have a chapter about that. That's um up in the Michigan area, like Illinois, uh, the copper mining giants. Yeah, I mean they don't, um, you know, they're trying to figure out where all the copper came from in the copper age when the mines in Europe could not have produced all of that copper. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it's tied to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so you have stealing these, our shit again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so that's what, that's what it's, they're saying is that there was all these mines in America and that's how, so the well, mainstream. They don't want to say that. Right. Mainstream won't say no, that. No, no. Like, but they'll, they'll say like, we don't know where, we don't know, you know, where the other copper could have came from. Of course, like, on a boat, you know, across the water, maybe Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we have, uh, you know, because that's the whole other mystery is like all the copper that they removed from these mines. Where did that go? Right. Right. So, yeah. 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 Because there's not a lot yeah. of evidence for that after it was mined anyway, around here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no copper age in America, so you know where'd it go? Yeah, it's just not addressed. Eh? It's just. Just push it aside. Just push it aside in that bucket with everything else we don't want to explain. Right. And then, then you have like the, because I'm sure they went down further because you have plants that have, that are only found in like, are native to like Colorado or whatever, east of the Rockies that are found you know, other places that they're trying to figure out how, who, who are the ones that kind of uprooted them and took them back to Michigan. Right. You know, so you have Weird things like that. Then you have the Lovelock Cave Giants. You know these again. These red-headed, you know, cannibalistic giants. You know, causing trouble. Uh, and they were found in Nevada. And according to the Paleo Indians, there's a legend that you know they they trapped them and smoked them out, kept them in there. And it's interesting that the oldest duck decoy was found in Lovelock Cave. And they're they're saying that you know the last time Lovelock area had water or lakes anywhere from five to 10,000 years ago. Oh, wow. What was that? A duck decoy? Duck decoy. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. It's very crazy. Now there's a new plant native to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember we did an episode way back a couple of years back there. And do you remember this one about the red ochre and how that was sort of another level of, of evidence that, uh, there's these megalithic civilizations traveling the globe like way longer than we thought. Yeah, I think that's a given. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the megalithic stuff is, uh, I, well, I mean, look, it's so easy just to, to basically pretty much tell them they're all full of shit. I mean, you have the metal, metal tea clamp mystery, right? Uh, you know, you can find the ancient megalithic sites that have the, the 
the portions of the stone that clearly had metal clamps that connected them together. Right. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. Mark. Yeah. You find this in, in uh, Peru and Bolivia and, and ancient Egypt and Abydos. And I have the sketch books from Chapez, who was an ancient uh, writer and ancient uh, sketch artist who traveled all these ancient sites and you know, wrote about this, drew some of the earliest, you know, uh, the works of these old places. I mean, these are probably from the 1700s, early 1800s. And I could go through these books and find uh, stuff from Crete, you know, from Iran and Persepolis, showing these, these T-clamp markings, right? Uh, so explain how you have these all over the world uh, and who built them and why and how and, you know, it's 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 actually absolutely mind blowing. And how long ago too? Yeah. How long ago? Yeah. How? Why is it? And all of them are in the ancient megalithic sites. They have these T clamps, and you know why would there? How? Like, it, it, look, okay, dude, you have you're we're in Iran and Persepolis, right in the middle of freaking nowhere. Uh, you know, here are these metal T clamp structures. Then you go all the way across the world into Peru and the Andes. Boom, same exact thing. <laughs> Uh man, come on, you know. Wish we could blow so, all that fucking that. sand out of yes. Egypt. Yes, exactly. We'll blow that away. What are we gonna find? You know, um, uh, Abydos really has amazing megalithic stuff. The old Egyptian fucking spaceport. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here the thing is, is like we know that most metals and everything, you know, disintegrates. So the odds of finding some ancient spaceships or whatever, very rare, just based on that, it would probably disintegrate, you know? It probably, over a period of time, it just gets eaten away. Uh, so you got to be lucky enough to find something preserved in ice or preserved where it could have, you know, maybe at the bottom of the sea or somewhere that was able to kind of to keep it going. And that's a whole other question of what's actually in the bottom of the sea and what's up with the USOs and underwater alien bases. And, you know, is that the vast majority of where all... Uh, all these these things are coming from and going to, you know? Yeah, it's a total underrated part of ufology is the USOs. Yeah, it's probably the most interesting uh, and overlooked uh, part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, big thanks for uh, for coming on the show. It'd be nice to go a little deeper. We know you got a, uh, a poker tournament to get to. We do wish you luck in that. Are you playing Hold'em? Thank you. Yes, Texas Hold'em. Nice. So I- Love poker, man. I've been known to play a little hold of myself. That's, that's, how, that's how the name of the show came about. Darren signed his name on the what, what, what was poker that? table. Dry America. <laughs> Dry America, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Here we are now. Yeah. Taking over the world one episode at a time. <laughs> Wish you luck for that. Big thanks for coming on the show. And uh, is there any place our, our listeners can track you down? Uh, if, you know, you're on the Twitter or the Facebook or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, and your site, Xavier Vision. Should I, I meant to mention that as well. Is that something that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, that's my archive. Uh, that's basically a free online metaphysical library. You can get free books, uh, free lectures, free audio, uh, all kinds of cool stuff there for free. You can check out ancient manuscripts, a bunch of stuff there. I have a blog, XavierHayesBlogspot.com. You know, all kinds of original stuff there. And I'm on Facebook, so. I don't do Twitter. I don't do any other stuff. I think Facebook's enough. So if you want to add me or write me, I try to answer all all my messages. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, you can holler at me anytime. 
Awesome. Well, big thanks, Avian. And uh, I'll shoot you uh, an email here in the next few days with some links to that stuff we were talking about before the show. Yes, please do. I'm very interested in, in learning more about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back on the show here when you when you have a couple more books out. Yeah, send us a note when you get when this, that new giant book comes out. I will, and uh, I'd love to talk to you guys more and any time about any subjects. Right on, you guys buddy. Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, guys. There it is. Better late than never. Uh, Big thanks to Xavier for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, we kind of switched gears there at the last minute. Got into some politics, uh, which we apologize for, but he did uh, just finish writing a book on that as well. What'd you think? Yeah, it was great. What I, I was, it was nice to get into the Smithsonian stuff a little bit because I've heard you bring it up a couple times. And, yeah, I think we were due. Yeah. yeah, I was happy to switch yeah. gears from that to that. Yeah, that is the banking a bit anyway. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. Sometimes the banking's a bit overdone, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of glad we didn't go too deep into the suppressed uh, history of American banking because it gets into like all the War of 1812 and all. And for some reason, I just I don't know that 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 part of history just doesn't uh, doesn't do it for you. No, it doesn't do it for me. Doesn't tickle your fancy. No. I'd rather go back to medieval times or into the future. There you go. <laughs> Just go back to medieval times. You fit in better there. I think I was a jester in a past life. Probably. Yeah. I think you're a jester in a current life. <laughs> Some might say. But no, that was a good. That was a good episode. That was fun. Yeah, we could get into all kinds of stuff with him. Yeah, he was great. So big thanks to Xavier for coming on the show. Uh, big thanks to you guys for helping us make these shows possible. Talking about these subjects. And doing it all for free, commercial-free, ad-free, sponsor-free, affiliate-free. No sponsored content. Um, we're the product, not you. So uh, check out grandmarket.ca slash support, guys, for all the different ways you can help support the show. You can sign up for a monthly. And if you can afford to do so, please do. Uh, there's options there. And everywhere from a buck a month all the way up to 30 bucks a month or so. You can do a one-time donation there as well. Uh, you can check out grimerica.ca slash swag to buy Grimerica gear, uh, review the show. We do get listeners involved, so you can send emails to spamgram, G-R-A-H-A-M, at grimerica.com. And uh, Darren's on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram, under Grimerica. Those will be easier to, easy to find, and all the links are in the show notes for all that stuff. That is March. March. Didn't we do March last year? It was like, tell a friend about the show month or something. Oh, probably. A year's already gone by. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Tell a friend about the show. Seriously, guys, uh, do what you can. Share the show wherever you can. Spread the word. Uh, you're our only marketing tool. And uh, so tell a friend about this motherfucker by signing him up for the newsletter. America.ca slash news. I think that's about it. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. She says, wake up. It's I'll keep stealing, breathing it in. Birds are leaving over all those in them. One of us will die inside these arms. Eyes wide open, naked as we. Spread our ashes round the earth. 